Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Why, what a lovely evening it is, Liam. But it's not evening. No. <laughs> it's the first recording we're doing today. We don't have to worry about, yeah. That was a fun little time prank you played on our <laughs> listeners. They never saw it coming. How could they? It was already in the future. How Ooh. could they? This is a purely audio medium. That's also an extremely good... Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. No, it's not. It's a really bad point and a really bad joke, and I'm ashamed of myself. I will pledge to be better, and uh, I I will apologise to the listeners. I make no apologies. And the patreon.com slash Jojo's World supporters. Uh, Most of all, I want to apologise to myself. Nope, nope, not doing anything like that from my behalf. I'm I'm just going to sit here and continue making physical comedy that people can't see. (laughs) <laughs> That's the JoJo's World promise, baby <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts This is JoJo's World, our uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast Where we recap and discuss JoJo's Bizarre Adventure The only anime worth watching except for Revolutionary Girl Lieutenant Which is also pretty good You are, you are very quickly about today. You are very quickly just ranking that higher than all other anime, aren't you? You're really getting it up there. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, you know, you hate anime, but this, this really, this got you. This got us. This is, this this anime's going places. This is like... Oh, it's definitely a scene, man. Oh, yeah. 100%. Nick. Nick? Yes. Hello. (laughs) Wait, can you not hear me anymore? I can hear you now. Couldn't hear you a second ago. Oh, that's, oh, okay. Weird. All right. Cool. I said your name. Did you hear me say your name? I did. I heard every word. Okay. Did you respond? I did, yes. Okay, well, that's troubling. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Just growing pains. Nick? Yes. Last week, we lost half an episode. Or we lost a full episode and then we recorded half of it. Uh, yes, that we did. And, and this week, we are watching the second one of those lost, lost episodes. episodes. Yep. Song of a Fallen Kingdom. Hello. Oh, I don't have anything to respond to that with. I'm just oh, fuck you. Don't do that to me, man. <laughs> I just, I just heard just song of falling kingdom. I'm like, yep, waiting for the next bit. Yep. <laughs> you see, the, the way broadcasting works, Nick, particularly when we can't key off each other's body language, uh, is that you use your words to let me know that you are hearing and understand what I'm saying. See, this is where we go horribly wrong because I was doing physical comedy this whole time. Christ uh. Almighty, we are still <laughs> recording remotely this week, uh, so I'm. Very much looking forward to recording this episode again tonight. <laughs> Who knows how it's going to go? Who knows how it's going to go? Anyway. Nick, MechWatch 2021. Wait, that's still going? We're still doing MechWatch 2021? Who knows? Who cares? I watched some episodes of Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040. It's a good show. That's it. Oh, oh that's a shame. Why not, watch, <laughs> why not watch the whole thing? Why not just really pump it out, you know? I'm, I'm back at work now. <laughs> I'm going to pace myself. <laughs> is, um, is, is that the one with... Boomers? Yeah, Nick, you ask me that every time. I just, I need to make sure it's not the big O, because the big... Oh no, the big O is the one uh, with uh, a robot maid. They all have a robot maid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was about to say, I watched an episode of uh, Bubblegum Crisis with a robot waitress who turns into <laughs> like a big tongue insect. Oh, what's what's the uh, what's the name of that guy from Star Wars? Um... Jetster Dexter or whatever his name is Dexter Jetster yeah Dexter Jetster yeah with his robot waitresses yeah exactly so really no not like that really like a more humanoid one yeah like the Star Wars prequels are just basically mecha films that are just hiding it you know oh basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. as we all know Nick, do we have a patreon.com slash JoJo's World acknowledgement today? Would you believe, Liam, that in fact we have exhausted 
all possible patrons that we have to shout Great, out. Great, moving on. Incredible. Now I know that I don't have to stall for some rigmarole like that so we can get into the meat of the podcast. How dare you. But we can thank all of our patron fans, Liam. Every single one who asked for nothing. Is that you? Is that you doing that? Uh, this is me thanking our Patreon fans for everything they've done so far. Because, cool. I mean... They have, so I, I, I should probably be thankful for, to them for everything that they've done. And they're not asking much in return, which is like, oh my god, what? So... Nick? Yes? The name of this episode reminds me of two things. Okay, hit me with the second one, then the first one. The second one is the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 episode, Beneath the Sky on the Verge of Falling. Now, what episode was that again? That was the That's the one where one? Abakio dies. Ah, and we were all on the verge of falling. And we all cried. Yep. Uh, and the other thing it reminds me of is Dark Souls. <laughs> right? A song for a kingdom now lost. That's got very Dark Souls vibes. I mean, it's extremely dark. It's very Twilight of the Gods-esque, isn't it? Yeah. But at the same time, the actual episode is nothing like that. No. No, not at all. But the but name. The title. Mm. <laughs> I'm just thinking in my head now, what if Utena went full Dark Souls for just one episode? Because I feel like it could, you know? And this is not that episode. Oh, it's like the obligatory, like, Renaissance Fair episode or maybe a Halloween one. Mm. Or like the... Um... Yeah, this episode... We need, like, because we, we we take time to do a, a joke episode in this show every now and then. Uh, curry, curry High Trip, uh, Cowboy. Cowbell of yep. Happiness, etc. Yep. Nanami episodes, essentially. Yeah. We need a Nanami episode where she's getting haunted or something. That would be really good. Something about lycanthropy, and then it turns out that there's just like a wolfman stalking her. She's like, why is it stalking me? Well, I mean, yes and no, I think, because I I feel like that's a bit too close to uh, the... introductory Tsuwabuki episode where animals kept attacking her, but B, mm. animals do keep attacking her, so maybe it's perfect. Mm. See, this is her long arc, right? At first, the animals attack her, but then after long enough, the animals respect her. And then after a brief period in which she was the animal attacking people. Exactly, exactly. Oh my god, I'm going to make an AMV. You remember AMVs from oh, 2008? Yes, I remember uh, AMVs. Of, um, of what's that fucking band? They're just called videos um, now, but that's fine. Um, three days graces, animal I have become. Okay. Uh, which is like a real like schlocky new metal uh, banger. Uh, Yikes! Yep. And it's Nanami turning into the cow. <laughs> but wait, but isn't doesn't the AMV go for the full song? Yeah. There's only like three seconds of her turning yeah, into... Yeah, I'll be reusing a lot of footage. Oh, and also her fighting Utena as the cow. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Because I was just thinking, if it's just that one section where she's turning into the cow... <laughs> That'd be a lot of loop footage. It's a lot of loop footage. But like you slow it down and speed it up and then repeat it. Yeah, until like... put filters over exactly. it. Exactly. Now that's the real AMV Turn way. it into a mosaic. Yes. Okay, cool. Nick, I've got a, a production note for this episode. <gasps> yes. And here was me thinking as we were coming into this, look, we've already talked about Song of a of Fallen Kingdom, so we'll probably skip over it pretty heavily and we've barely even started. Yeah, don't worry. It's a great episode. This is one of the best episodes thus far. Easily. Oh, now, actually, I just remembered that um, in our last recording of this, we saved this note for uh, the appropriate point in the episode because it's all about one particular moment. So I want to do that again this time. Okay, very well. Cool. So we open on 
a kingdom. They can only be described as an opulent, thriving cliff place. It's a real fucking um, Sailor Moon, Moon Kingdom, Silver Millennium situation where there's a huge, like, gothic castle with a lot of spires against a moon and Princess Fantasy Wakaba is there with her fantasy prince being like, I've waited for you for so long. And then we're in reality and they're having lunch in a really well shot. Uh, these two episodes today... Great cinematography, great... Animation like, budget. A lot of animation budget put into, like, facial expressions and emotion, which you don't see a lot. Whoever was directing, producing, and animating these episodes, chef's kiss. Just Mwah. Mwah. Um, yeah, so this, 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 this opening sequence really cool. It's Wakaba and Utena having lunch under a tree, as they often do, and just chatting about, like, life and how they like each other. Um... But we never see anyone's eyes. We only see long, dis- uh, wide-shot silhouettes against the sky, mm-hmm. uh, and also intense close-ups uh, of just the lower halves of their faces. And this boy runs up in silhouette and is like, "I've got a love letter for you, Utena." And Wakaba snatches the note and holds it up in front of her face, obscuring her eyes because she recognises the name and she mulls over the name for a little while and it's only when she recognises him and we have clarity that we start seeing people's eyes in this scene. Oh. Wait, hang on, as in like... Wh- yeah, no, I get it. Yep, I'm with you. <laughs> Uh, and then we pan up his whole body, real slow pan for such an unimpressive man. Uh, <laughs> and Wakaba's like, you're the onion prince. I'm Wakaba. Remember from elementary school? And this guy's like, what? Wakaba? From elementary Wakaba. school. Uh, it's not hitting any notes. I don't know. Uh, and then uh, Utena and Wakaba are walking home later and... Uh, Lieutenant's like, hey, I want to give that love letter back to that guy because I am not interested in him. And she's like, no, I'll do it. No, I, that, that would be rude of me. I've got to do it. No, you leave him alone. He's <laughs> he's terrible, Lieutenant. You leave him alone. He's cruel. You stay away. He transferred away from school without ever telling me. And what a playboy. He just, he has no feelings. He's unempathetic. He doesn't he understand. He has no style. He has no, he has grace. no grace. He also has kind of a funny hairdo. He has an onion face. He has an onion face. So she seems very much like, I'm going very to protective. do it. Yeah, very protective of him and very, like, don't get near him, Utena, which ironically is also very protective. Flashes back and exposits to when she was a child and it's classic Utena flashback stylization where all their skin is just black void and their hair and clothes are highlights on that silhouette. And uh, we hear all the kids teasing young Wakaba. With Poor Wakaba. Hashtag protect Wakaba. So she's got her hair pulled back and everyone's teasing her because she looks like well, an She's onion. got her hair pulled back in the same hairstyle she has now. But because she's so no, small... No one's ever allowed to change their hair. <laughs> Look, when I got to about... Actually, how, how old were we in year six? I don't know. When we were in year six, so I was probably like ten or some shit. When you were in year six. Yeah, when I was in year six. So when you were in year six, you would have been... basically the same age I would have been in year six. Basically. Basically. So when we were that old, that's when I had my hair styled down and it has never changed. You might want to think of a refresher. No, no, it's perfect. This is the perfect hairstyle. I wake up, it's done. Boom. (laughs) All right, cool. Good for you. Yeah. I don't know what happened in year six to make it do this, but there it is. There's my secret, everyone. If you want my hair... You come and get it. So little baby Wakaba's like, the onion prince will protect me. And he's like, what? And she, we see that memory like six times 
in in rapid succession because she's just dwelling on it. And he was my prince a long time ago. Oh, your prince. Guy. I get that, says Utena. I, I know all about princes. Mm. I had a prince once and Michael was like, okay, shut up. I'm just going to go deal with my prince now. Yeah. The next day on the school roof slash aqueduct... Um, <laughs> Wakaba's talking with this boy, uh, the Onion Prince, and she's like, he's all, oh man, you really embarrassed me yesterday calling me the Pumpkin Prince or whatever. Onion Prince, that was very important to me. Don't don't dismiss my important memories of you protecting me as a child. So Wakaba seems very intensely invested in this human yeah, being. a lot of emotional investment in this boy. Yeah, to the point where even we as the viewer are like, what the fuck is going on? Okay, so our first watch of this episode, like, I was entirely hoodwinked by what is, I guess, ultimately the joke of the episode, which is that, spoiler alert, this boy gets rejected because Wakaba's into someone else. Mm. Uh, and thinking about it today when we rewatched it, like, it's not a comedy episode in its individual beats because it's very high school serious melodrama the whole time. Yeah. But it's like a almost like a shaggy dog story because it's all leading up to this huge anticlimactic joke. It literally is, like, beat for beat, this is the perfect way to tell a romance story of how, like, two people finally connected again. Well, you say perfect. I'd say if... if I'm sorry. Are you I mean, saying it's, it's not per... I'm sorry. It's very sincerely done, but it's kind of paint by numbers. Yeah, it's very sappy, but we've got a kid from primary school who finds the lady from primary school that he has feelings for and a monkey that wears a skirt with a heart-shaped tail. I mean, come on, man. Come on. It's perfect. You can't beat it. Student council are technically in this episode. Very briefly. And we do their scene now, which is uh, they're, they're on their huge sky pavilion having their meeting. Uh, I'm very disappointed we don't seem to be doing the uh, chicken and egg monologue much right now. Well, I mean, there's no reason to, right? They're not doing anything. They're just Nick, kind of... There was never any reason to. <laughs> well, they had to, like, remind themselves of their motivations. But now they're just like, ah... Uh, we haven't got much in the way of, you know, We're not jewels. really doing much in the show right now. We're just kind of hanging. They said, said as much to you today, but they're basically in this episode filling the same role as one of the Shadow Puppet sketches, where they just do a quick little semi-comedic sketch uh, underlining the themes of the episode. Mm. I, think, I think it was like Mickey was just like, you know, I think Wakab has found someone, right? No, they're not talking about Wakaba at all. Oh, well, Mickey is writing in his notebook. <laughs> Mickey is just writing no. in his notebook. <laughs> What's happening is Nanami is like, Mickey, you going to play the piano at my uh, party on the weekend? Sure. And then Jury's all, hey, I noticed that Mickey is always thinking about Anthea when he plays the piano. Mickey shuts his book with a photo of Anthea and he goes, no, I'm not. Don't make fun of me. I can think about uh, whoever I want, whenever I want. Nanami's like, oh, always making fun, always thinking about her, huh? <laughs> and then Mickey counters, uh, oh, I envy you, Nanami. Your desires are met by a kid in elementary school. Hey, that's not desires. That's just playing yeah, around. You shut the fuck up. That's a messed up thing to say. <laughs> Look, we're fine together. I only have one love of my life. I'm not into that kid. I'm only into my older brother. <laughs> So she pulls out a photo of her older yep. brother and she's like... Stares at it longingly. And she's like hugging his arm in the photo. He's looking somewhere else and she's like, oh, we're so happy together. Mickey clicks his stopwatch twice in quick succession in this sequence. One at five seconds and one at 17 seconds. What does it mean? Just don't know. <sighs> and then Jury's like, oh God. It's a shame you two can't change who you love simply by pure force of will. You'd both be much happier. And they're both staring at her with like animals. 
anime come on seriously eyes and she's like yeah me too <laughs> look we, we all have that problem and then we just get the mid episode yeah we sure do okay it's time for our regular tea time with Anthony's older brother the chairman of the school Akio yikes <laughs> we hate him <laughs> he's not allowed to speak to Anthony anymore because he's too creepy we don't understand what he is what he wants what are his des- what what are his desires well, yeah, what are- the unknown scares okay. me okay it freaks me okay, out okay young man <laughs> what are your intentions for Anthony Himamea yes she's your sister but she's my Rose fiance so I'm very protective of her it's very look it's just all you know oh yeah. So basically, uh, Utena's talking like, hey, so uh, my friend Wakaba has this boy, and neither of them being very honest, but I wonder if he's her prince. Ah, just like a million stars in the sunset. No, this time, for once, he doesn't do a star analogy. He says, the contents of a person's heart are veiled as though with thin silk. You may think you can peer into it, but you can't really. Mm. Isn't that right, dear sister? Yes, brother. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure the veil of the night... Uh, follow me here. The veil of the night... Okay, I'm following you. Is The veil of the night... Is a thing. And thus him saying a veil is basically him saying space. Yeah, okay. Come, come on, you got sure, to give me if this. If that's what you need. <laughs> we transition from that tea time to another tea time in the cafeteria pavilion. Very different to what we've just been seeing. And this is a good scene primarily because we keep getting these super close-ups on Utena's face as she thoughtfully sips her tea. Oh, so good. So well animated Take a as fucking well. sip. So, so Wak- Wakaba has said that she'll introduce Utena to this boy. Who, frankly, his name I can't even bother to remember because that's kind of part of the joke of his character, right? Yeah, he's just a very... He's not forgettable in this episode, but overall... He's a bit useless. Yeah. So, yeah, he's going to be introduced and he's here now. Oh, who are you? Oh, this is my roommate, Himamea. And this is Choo Choo. Oh, hello, Choo Choo. And Choo Choo stares at him and is instantly charmed. Just absolutely enamoured by this very good-looking lad. And Wakaba's like, ugh, you're even flirting with the animals now? Again, she seems protective and jealous. Mm. And uh, he's just like, what do you mean? He's a monkey. Such a such a playboy. <laughs> I'm not gonna... You bounder, you cad. <laughs> I'm not gonna fuck a monkey, Walker, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then she looks at him tearfully like, never mind, it's nothing. Uh, Utena takes a thoughtful sip <laughs> and is like... Oh no, so she, he asks he asks Utena if uh, she's seeing anyone. And she's like, well, no, but I am desperately in love with a prince I met as a child who gave me an engagement ring. And he's like, uh-huh, very normal. Yeah. Now you have to understand when we say thoughtful sip, it's like a close close up. Super, super close a up. Super close eyes up. and cup only, essentially. And her eyes are just like a little bit narrowed. Mm. A little bit like clouded, as if mm. she's lost in thought. Just very judgmental, and the sip is very like mm. you know? So he's all, wow, I wish I had a dream about a prince like that. And Utena leans forward and is like, it seems to me that there's a princess next to you who's thinking about her own prince, right, Wakaba? And she's like, shut up, no. Um, and he's just shocked. He's like, wait a minute, what? And he's looking at her, she's looking down at him and blushing and like rose frames kick in and she's like, my princess, oh, no, sip. She runs away. <laughs> uh, and then this guy effectively just confesses Hey, so, um... Yeah, well, hours pass first because it's sundown now. Yeah, but they haven't moved. 
They're still just yep. sipping their tea. Uh, and oh, it's like they're just sitting there, and then suddenly the lighting changes t- state significantly. <laughs> like, oh, night time. So he's just like, I have a confession. Not really. Um, I I definitely knew it was Wakaba the whole time. I I wanted to be with her, um, but I didn't I didn't know how. You see, I'm really stupid. So what I thought I would do <laughs> is ask you out, Utana, because Wakabu's always really happy when she's around you. So I could go out with you and be near her when she's happy. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Certainly wasn't putting much consideration into your own feelings in this situation, Utana. <laughs> Look, not the worst plan. Definitely not the best no, plan. I- I'm going to put it out there and say this might be the worst plan. I wanted to go out with this girl, so I thought I'd ask you out so that I could be with her. You know, now that Real I say it out loud... self-sabotage Now that I say it out loud, it might be one of the worst plans I've ever heard. I would say it's the worst plan that doesn't have any actively malicious element. Yes. Yeah, okay, I can agree with that. It's the worst plan that literally was never going to work from the beginning. For anyone involved. For literally anyone. If it's like, oh, I want to see that person instead of you, it's like, well, why did you ask me out? Like, oh, because I couldn't ask them out. It's like, why, why didn't you just... Why, why couldn't you ask me out? I'm, I'm here and I clearly have a lot of an emotional, emotional attachment to when we used to know each other. But I couldn't... So, like, but you, you, no, I couldn't possibly, right? Like, I couldn't. It's like, well, I... On no level does this seem to make any sense. <laughs> um, so we go, we go to the locker room, which is re- where recently Retina's been getting all of her dual summons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and also uh, where we get our shadow puppet plays against the adjacent windows as Utena's at her locker. And today's shadow puppet play is about purchasing tyres from a tyre shop. Ah, but what do you buy at the tyre shop? Tyres. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, that's the crux of the sketch, oh, isn't it? Oh, I get it. You can make a real career out of picking out good tyres. You can't tell the quality by just looking at them, you They're know? They're clearly, like cogs for a machine. No, they're tyres, Nick. They're just tiny tyres. That's why they're bouncy. They're rubber. Eat your tyres, Liam. Eat your Well, that's the joke of it because she's like, well, I'll take one bag of tyres, please. And gets them in a little bag. Be sure to cook a nice dish for your husband with these tyres. And then I think Utena's like, you don't eat those. Yeah, and the bag falls out and they bounce away. Impressive. Impressive sketching. Utena is like, just aware of like shadow puppet classmates and like look she's a bit weird but you've got a humor well it's like the glee club you know or, or like the, yeah, the you don't want to be around them exactly it's like you can see them from afar and you're just like that's as close as i want to get but i do want to judge them and put them down oh and there's a good moment uh when she opens her locker where you know normally the dual summons has been have been in there of late but there's a similar card in it that's just from wakaba with a little angry wakaba face sketched on it it just says utena you're mean <laughs> obviously she hasn't thought through what utena's done but you know now spoiler alert in the second episode uh wakaba is the hostile duelist uh, and i was really disappointed that the dual summons card she gave at that point didn't also have a little angry wakaba face on it uh, if only it did but of course, that would have um, that would have uh, undermined the the uh, intensity, the shock, the shock that Utena felt when she got up to the platform and saw, saw Wakaba. Mm, More on that later. True. So uh, we're back on that same hillside where they first met at the start of the episode. It's sunset and it's uh, Onion Prince and Wakaba, and they go through this whole thing where, like, it's very um, uh, high school confession lighting uh, framing. It's all very and he's blurred. Kind of nicely framed, and, and they're talking in they're talking in in metaphor and um, 
and an artifice. So they... Yeah, very vague, like, so, you know, your prince is right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he? Do you want to know how your prince feels too? Yes, I do. Oh. Uh, Can a childhood friend really know that much? First red flag. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so this whole thing is basically just like the ultimate confession leading up to the ultimate because they're, betrayal. Because they're talking an implication, what ends up happening is that they're taking each other's hands and staring into each other's eyes and he's like, you deserve happiness and you'll find it. And then she's like, do you really think so? I do yeah. think so. Great, I'm going to go see my prince then. Mm, and your prince, wait, what? <laughs> you know, my prince, that we were just talking about. Bye. Your, your prince, oh. Oh, and then he's just very sad. Someone else, and that's just like the punchline of the whole episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing has just been—it's just led up to this big... one moment of oh, huge misunderstanding. I'm just going to go see my prince now, and he's like, "But I, but we, but." So I feel like she does have some emotional investment in this boy because, like, all of that looking and blushing. But like, clearly, she's more interested in, as we learn at the end of this episode, Sionji. Mm, God fucking damn it! So he strolls on over to Nemoro Memorial Hall and is like, "Hey, I hear that when you're having a hard time, you can get cancelled. Count you, you, you can get cancelled here." <laughs> Sorry, I meant to say cancelled. Yeah, he's heard the rumors that you can get cancelling slash be cancelled. Um, be cancelled by just talking at. A mirror, I guess. Be puppus. So he goes in, he's like, is anyone here? Goes into the small room and is like... Into the counselling nook. Into the counselling closet. And it's just like... So. There's, there's this girl I like, but she likes another boy. But I'm sure she'll come crawling back to me in the end. Love always... Well, he doesn't say love always wins. He's just like... Yeah, he does. He says love must win out in the end. Ah, and so he's pulling a... Uh, Season one, Sionji. Yep, he's having a breakdown, and then uh, Shoji Mikage's behind him and is like, "You, there is no place for you here. <laughs> you're a truly good person. That is why your Somehow. path does I don't know not why that here. monologue makes him a truly good person. Yeah, but... he's just a nice guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and as I said to you, like, he's basically getting kicked out of therapy for being too good. <laughs> it's just like, wow, you, you seem pretty nice. Oh, thanks. Yeah, great. Get the fuck out of my office. <laughs> yeah. This is for true doom murder heads only. <laughs> um, so if you're not fucked up enough to get a black rose, then I'm not going to bother giving you therapy. <laughs> so Wakaba, I believe, is going back to a dorm room. Oh, so sorry, sorry to cut you <gasps> off, Nick, but we do need to talk about the uh, episode note now. <gasps> Ooh, hit me with it. So um, this, this this whole note this week is about uh, why uh, the path that he must take does not lie here. Mm, what does that mean? To quote Shoji Mikage, kicking him out of therapy. Mm. In any other show, a character like him, uh, referring to Onion Prince, mm-hmm. would have been designed to gain the audience's sympathy. However, this is revolutionary girl Utena and the Black Rose arc, no less. Anyone to open the door must be baptised. <laughs> Uh, there are things in this world that don't go the way you want them to. But even so, the onion girl is trying to be someone special. She's fighting. Just a side note, I don't know if we've ex- discussed this explicitly in some time, but kind of the joke with Wakaba's character design is that with her big bulbous head and like hairstyle, she looks a bit like an onion. Mm. Which is why the kids were calling her Onion Head and why the boy is the Onion Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I can't really add anything to that because that is what it is. <laughs> That's just who we are. That's just what we be. That's just... That's just Wakaba, baby. That's just a Wakaba. That's just... Wow. That's just... Oh, man, next episode she turns into Wakaba. Oh, fuck me. 
<laughs> the worst part is that works so well. Isn't that exactly the story the Black Rose arc is trying to tell? That's why there's no path here for the boy who's decided to just pray for her happiness from the sidelines. Mm, that's what he's done. That's at, You've got to be fighting for what you want. Otherwise, what's the point of even being? Yeah. Yeah, you got to shoot people in the head or you're not worth anyone's time. All right, Nick. <laughs> Well, you gotta fight for what you can look. You gotta fight for your right to party, okay? Is what I'm really getting at here. And if there's if there's one thing that the Beastie Boys taught me, it's that that involves a lot of violence. And if Starship Troopers taught me anything, it's that my vote is force, and force is violence. So go out and vote for um fucking uh like anime remakes, so we can get more Utena, and then. Maybe, maybe we'll get more Utena. Who knows? I don't know where this is going. Save me from myself, Lib. Save me from this Nick, hell. That, um, that largely incoherent stream of consciousness did remind me of uh, <laughs> something cool from the video game that I purchased recently. Uh, Nia... Oh, hang on, let me check the name of this. Um, Nia Replicant 97... Nope. Ne- it's a Nier Replicant because I have a Nier Replicant yep. coaster. Nia Replicant version 122... No, sorry, yeah, version dot one two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine ellipses. That's not the version I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like Rashomon. Oh. Um, no, uh, it reminded me of a. Uh, of course, that is a. Um, the game that came before Nier Automata, which I think we talked about at length when we were playing that mm-hmm. uh, back in the day, uh, and it features uh, apparently humans. <laughs> spoiler alert, potentially. Apparently, <laughs> in humans. a in a in a distant post-apocalypse world that's reverted to a medieval state, uh, uh, and you find a magic book, and the magic book said a cool phrase that uh, in the bit that I played last night when it first absorbed power from a defeated enemy, which was something like. Uh, Blood is sound, sound is words, words are power. Blood is sound? <laughs> yep. Wow. This is going to be like one of those tweets where you're just like, guys, the book in Near Replicant told me blood is sound, sound is words, words is power. I think about that a lot. That's going to be what that is. <laughs> in like four years' time, someone's going to be like, guys, do you remember that time when that book said that thing? God. Guys, do you remember back in the day when blood was sound? Oh, and do you remember when sound was power? Hey, Nick, um, yesterday um, was Shadowrun Goblinization Day. Did you turn into an orc or troll? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not sure. You got any tusks? Uh, well, I haven't actually looked in... Well, I have looked in the mirror today. <laughs> no more than usual. Yeah, no more than usual, but they are quite pronounced, if I do say so myself. Well, good for I'm you. I'm doing... As for me, I'm a, um... You're a, a 7 out of 10. I'm a car. I got turned into a car. <laughs> turned into a car? Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, Liam. It wasn't Utenization Day. Oh. Cool. Okay, uh, what were we talking about? Something to do with the guy being a nice guy and then getting rejected by Makage. Did we finish the notes? No, we got one paragraph to go. Hit me with it. Okay, so just 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 to recap where we left <laughs> off, uh, there's no path here for the boy who decided to just pray for her for her happiness from the sidelines. In most cases, the things that don't go the way you want them to have been decided by a system. How should we fight when we're up against a great power, one difficult to oppose? That's why there's no path here for the boy who's quit opposing it and decided to just pray for her happiness from the sidelines because the whole freaking system is out of order. Mm, that really appeals to us, I think. 
Yeah, capitalism. Ugh. Capitalism stole Wakaba from me. You know what? It's a real, uh, <laughs> it's a real rondo of blood. This whole situation. It's a real uh, a... symphony of the yeah, night. Yeah, it's a real symphony of the night crescendo of the black. You know, it's it's a real song of a fallen king. Castlevania, song of a fallen kingdom. <laughs> it's it's a real Wakaba, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, so then Wakubo runs home and is like, I'm home, and Sionji's there. Our boy, he's back. God fucking damn it. God fucking damn it. And it says, note, under no circumstances is Sionji our boy. Ugh. So, after all we went through, after all the rejection of Sionji... After all the scheming Kiryu went through to expel Sionji and burn his exchange diary, he's back. He's back. Turns out he never really left. Well, yeah, I guess that's also true. Let's um, let's do the episode note for episode 20, Wagaba Flourishing, and then jump right into it. Okay. Oh, also... Love. There you go. Um, I forgot to mention, be purpose. Be purpose. So, You've got to be so purpose. So I was looking... Of course, the artist collective responsible for the revolutionary girly tenor anime. Mm. So I was looking into this, uh, and the Wikipedia page is... To you, s- you were following the money. To, to say the least, it is short. Um, turns out... B. Parfus, the artist collective and pen name founded by anime director Kunahiko Ikuhara for creating original mm-hmm. works, made... Who is, of course, writing these production mm-hmm. notes that we read every yep. week. Uh, they created the manga and anime series Revolutionary Girl Utena, and it's a 1999 film manga sequel, Adolescence of Utena. They then... Sequel? Yeah, Adolescence. Hang on, say that again. The, the, so they made in 1996 to 1997 Revolutionary yep. Girl Utena. Yeah. And then the 1999 film and manga sequel, Adolescence. Of Utena. Okay, so the film isn't a sequel, but the manga is. I think so. The manga sequel, Adolescence of Utena, yeah. is a sequel. Okay. Uh, Intriguing. So then, after that, on the Wikipedia, the name of the team, according to Oguro in the liner notes for the DVD Volume 1 of Revolutionary Girl Utena, meant, let's grow up. So when you want to be Puppus, you're just saying... So when we say, so when we say let's be Puppus, we're saying let's grow no, up. No, 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 we're saying let's let's grow up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is it like is it like be papas like fathers? Yes, I assume so. Papa. Ah, uh, papa. I wish to be papas. Or it could I be. I wish to be papas. I wish to be papyrus. My two papas. <laughs> I wish to be papyrus. Right on me harder. That's all I oh, got. Oh, be papas. To me, you are so beautiful. What's the Jean Valjean song? Um. You're gonna have to narrow that, that down, the, Nick. He's in a he's in a long musical. The one where he sings, "I'm Jean Valjean." Oh, I think that might be called uh, I'm Jean Valjean what? or something like but that. But how does that bit go where it's like, I'm Jean Valjean, whatever it is? Well, it wasn't like that. Yeah, I know, but how does it go? I don't have strong enough vocal characteristics to carry that That's bit. true. Well, just imagine that song. He's like, who am I? I'm Jean Valjean. And he reveals himself to the law. So it would just be, let's grow up, be pompous. <laughs> Okay. That's what it'd be. Uh, so then, you're welcome, everyone. So um, after adolescence of Utena, mm-hmm. B. Papas disbanded, uh, and they just kind of never were B. Papas again. But they did collaborate on World of the S and M, releasing English oh, wow. as the world exists for me. And let me tell you, okay. it looks it looks very uh, Utena. It it just it has that look about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm scared. Is there a but? Well, the no. But okay. the, the synopsis is just like a train derails and they awaken back in time in 17th century France. So I'm not sure oh, if classic. I want to go down that rabbit hole. But, you know, maybe, maybe, we'll see. We'll see. So, 
Be Puppus. Look, let's be Puppus. Hey, sits back on chair, sits backwards on chair. Let me be Puppus with you. Hey man, have you tried being Puppus? You know? Look, all that you need in this okay, recipe sorry. is 10 grams of Shut Be Puppus. Shut up for a second. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wakaba flourishing. Um, there's a lot of the word love in quotations in this. So when I say like love, that's, that's what, you, that's what, you know what I'm doing. Okay. That was just how you normally say love though. Love isn't a word that's, that described a fair relationship. Love is a word that describes a monopoly. That's why we refer to the ego as love. That's why love is by no means eternal because after all, if the ego went on eternally, we would break down emotionally. And yet, she would not learn until much later that love is precisely that which can be lost. Okay. Is that the end of the okay. note? Uh, and there's also a clarification note okay, here. Okay, good, because I was about to require some. Yep. There is a note that clarifies um, that um, the translator believes what uh, Ikahara means when he says we refer to the ego as love. Uh, it's, it's a reference to um, the... Japanese word for love is I, as in Romanized AI, and of course the English pronoun I. Uh, sure. Does that make no, sense? Absolutely not. So basically, it's saying that uh, they're homonyms, uh, the Japanese word for love and the English word for I. Oh, that's why we call the ego love. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Don't know if I agree with that whole She will not learn thing. until much. Sorry, what did you say? Don't know if I agree with that whole language thing. I mean, you know, <laughs> in terms of the pronunciation, it's an immutable fact. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like... Anyway, please proceed. Well, that's the end of it. I was going to repeat for emphasis. Oh. She would not learn until much later that love is precisely that which can be lost. Poor Wakaba. Poor, poor Wakaba. This episode is about Wakaba. Uh, it's, and it's kind of an episode that felt inevitable any, in many ways if Wakaba was going to stay in the show. Uh, an episode about how... Or, how she comes to feel less special than everyone getting involved in the duels. Mm. And then eventually just kind of loses it and gets involved in the duels. So she's walking to school and if, and she's basically listening to, or, or the or rather the audio playing is like all these gossiping students, basically recapping Sayonji's story to date. Mm. And we get flashbacks of various significant shots from that. Like, have you heard that he was expelled? Yeah, wow, I wonder what happened. And like shot of him cutting up Kiryu trying to kill Utena with a katana. <laughs> it's just so weird. He is still pretty hot though. Yeah, absolutely. I heard you had a thing Man, for him. Man, I really had a thing for, for him for a while there too. Really? What did you see in that guy? Yeah, you bought pictures of him, which I thought was He a was weird really thing. cool, wasn't he? I wonder where he is now and what he's doing. And then Wakaba walk, is walking home at sunset. It's the golden hour. Close-up shot of her delightful little tea set. Couple of those, uh, ram, couple of ram mugs. A, a masculine ram with a, a green bow tie and a feminine ram with a, uh, a pink bow in I its hair. I think the feminine ram is the sheep. But it's a ram because it's got ram horns. Okay, all right. What if it's a goat? <laughs> what if it's a trans ram? Nick, did you ever think about never, that? Look, I assume too much here. Ultimately, though, it is a mug, so... <laughs> It has no <laughs> genitalia or gender identification because it's porcelain. Yep. <laughs> is that an unfair assumption? No. She gets home and Sayonji is in, the, is in her dorm room sitting hidden beneath the window and he's got kind eyes like we've never seen on him. Because... And mm. it, like what it was like a real like gunshot 
cliffhanger heading into the uh, episode title. He's like, welcome back. And she's like, I'm home. And then like close up shot on her locking the door behind her. Like, oh shit. Are they, are they gonna, uh, whoa. No, but it turns out he's, she's just keeping him secret. So she locks the door. Yeah. But I thought it was like, I'm home. Click, let's fuck. I was like, oh damn. Okay. <laughs> so she's making, um, she's making him coffee. She's got, of course, those two delightful little rams and a little kappa um, thermos or water filter. Mm. What is a kappa? It's a Japanese demon that looks like, like a sort of like a bit between a turtle and a duck, and yep. like some. It's got a, like like a flat, hard head, and uh, I think maybe in some myth it carries water in that head. And the way you can stop it from killing you is by writing your name in a cucumber and then throwing that cucumber to it, and it'll turn to pick it up spilling the water and depriving it of its power or something like that. Okay. You've probably seen Kappa before in things. Oh, crucially in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is, is Unbreakable, mm. um, the stand that was named Red Hot Chili Pepper mm. had Kappa-style de- design. Was Red Hot Chili Pepper the one that goes through electricity? Yeah. I thought he looked more like a bird person, but... Well, it's kind of, it kind of looks a bit like a bird person. Mm, but like also a turtle. Yeah. Or a duck. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Okay. I'll believe it. Maybe I just got to play more Neo to get up to that boss and be like, fight yeah, the probably. little Kappa. It's like, oh, I can beat the Kappa. Oh, God. Why are we talking about? Oh, yeah, because she's got a little coffee filter yeah. for it. So she's like so, making some coffee for her little Sayonji. Yep. <laughs> her little pet. Oh, you can't leave. Slight, slight yeah, slight misery vibes <laughs> yeah. in some parts of this episode. Look, I'm helping you. You're, you're best for me. Can I, can I go home? Never. After I was expelled, I had nowhere to go. No friends, no money. I had to crawl back to the campus. And you, my brave Joan of Arc, chose to hide me. Now, I don't know if it's a real Joan of Arc manoeuvre to hide an asshole inside your boardroom. Yeah, like, what did Joan of Arc do? She heard the voice of God and then she waged a religious war and then was ultimately killed because women weren't allowed to be empowered. Is that it? Yeah, 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 exactly. She just kind of went, yeah, let's, let's make a difference and then died. But now she lives on forever as uh, one of the main characters of the Fate franchise oh, of anime fuck. and video games. It's just like, women, stand up. Get your vote. Hundred years later. Boo-woo, I am your waifu. I don't think she was a suffragette, Nick. No, but she was very Crucially, much Crucially, it was a monarchy at the time. She was what? It was a monarchy. Yeah, but wasn't she just like, yo... Shit sucks. Women unite. Let's go, boys. And then... I don't necessarily think so, but it's not important. I'm not a historian. She had a sword. That's the only thing I remember. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure out a way to get you back in school. And then he's crying. He's like, oh, Akaba, thank you for being my mum. When I saw this, I literally just went, what's his end game? What's he doing? No, no Sayonji cries unless he can Uh, manipulate something out of it. But I feel like, you know, hopefully his, um his better attitude will sustain itself into the future, but he does feel a lot more humbled as a result of his mm. hardship this and episode. And I swear he has a different voice now. I swear I don't he has so. a different voice now. If only there was some way you could fact check mm. that. Unfortunately, it's just impossible. Oh no, someone's knocking at the door and Sayonji like scuttles away. Like, <laughs> like a turtle running for the beach. He's just like, huh? Sure. Oh, like a freshly born turtle yeah. avoiding all those seagulls. Yeah. The metaphorical seagulls that are the prying eyes of this student knocking on the door. So Wakaba slowly creaks the door open ever so slightly. And it's like, oh, hello, random visitor. And she's like... And the random visitor says, you're really sweating. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you 
know, I was, I've just oh, been I praying. I don't feel that way. Yeah, I've just been, you know, yeah, hailing I, to the Lord. Did I hear you talking in yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, prayer. All prayer. All so just prayer. I really like the exact dialogue here. Uh, it was, oh, I was uh, praying to God. <laughs> and she's like, okay. Yeah, I'm a really religious person, you know. Yeah, yeah. Even I think it's kind of weird. Oh. <laughs> And she's like sweating a lot here. Sweating, sweating, sweating. She says, do you want to come in? And she's like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> Bye. Uh, so then she shuts the door. And then Sayonji scuttles out from under the bed like a cockroach. And he's like, oh, you really pulled a Wakaba there. Internal monologue of Wakaba. This is my secret, mine and his. A secret only we share. Ooh. Sayonji, I've always dreamed about you. Is this where we get the flashback sequence? Yeah. yeah. There's like this, all these shots of Sayonji being like the school star, like all these girls offering him their water bottles, which is not COVID safe. And then Wakaba in the far distance, like barely can see her jumping up and down through this huge horde of schoolgirls. <laughs> it's just, it's just like everything that Sayonji was. It's all in the past. Yes. But we're just very selectively going for the bits that we want right now. Let's, you know. But also then it does transition straight to that time he publicly posted her love letter to humiliate her. Yes, and she's just like about to cry and then she goes, but now, and then we come back to the present. Yeah. Sequence of Wakaba walking home repeatedly and people keep inviting her to their activities and... Uh, hey, do you want to play volleyball? No, no, I don't. Utena's like, hey, Wakaba, come and watch me play basketball. I'm really good at it. <laughs> that, that is literally what happens, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I think one of them is just like oh hey walk it's the three boys that's right it's the th those three boys who keep showing up who want Nanami but now they're just like oh well hey Wakaba you're also single hey any woman hey do you what do they say they've, they've got like a Ouija board or something and they're like we're doing an experiment in psychic phenomena and she's like pass so she basically runs home to yeah. a little boy. Now I'm special. And we hear. As long as I have this secret, I'm special. And we hear as she closes the door behind her, welcome home from a Sayonji. Yeah. So it's class time and Utena is just staring at the back of Wakaba's head. And there's something different about her. She seems... Something different about her. She seems... Sayonji laying at home just in the middle of the window. Can't go anywhere. Can't, can't be discovered living in a girl's dorm. <laughs> Dear Sayonji, here's 500 yen for lunch. Sayonji. And then like... Mm. Montage of still shots of, of as the episode title says, Wakaba flourishing. Mm. She's doing really good at the track meet. She's doing a great uh, oral presentation. Uh, she's singing in the singing class. Her titration experiments are going very well, even though she's not doing really any fancy backhand in the tennis, mm. like literally behind her back, mm, like uh, like that fancy trick shot guy from Israel. Um, you know that guy who's just like, I'm going to do a serve. And then he swings, misses the ball intentionally, and then flicks the ball just over the net ever so lightly. I don't know that, but He's cool. basically like a tennis comedian. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, I, can, I can respect that gimmick. Mad Hard to do in like an indoor venue, I'm sure, though. Yeah. Mad showmanship, though. Uh, and crucially, a shot of Wakaba like with a huge circle of girls around her at lunch, hanging on her every word as they all eat. And as I said to you when we were watching at this point, like, Utena's got to be like, why isn't she making me lunch anymore? <laughs> so Utena's watching, just being like, there's something. Just doing her leg stretches. Yeah, just. W clearly waiting for Wakaba to pack up so they can talk. And she's like, so Wakaba, uh, now that you've outweighed me. You look me, good lately. Yeah, something about you that's like really happy. 
you seem really cheerful and also you seem even prettier. Like they're putting a lot more animation into your face. And Wakaba responds with, oh, no, there's nothing. Absolutely nothing's happening. So she keeps brushing it off then doing this like what I'm sure is meant to be a very delighted laugh. An anime laugh of just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Bye, Utena. <laughs> and Utena's like, something is the fuck up right here. And then next shot is her stretching. <laughs> okay. Oh, so you've taken pics too, I see, Nick. Oh, no. No, I just remember this scene very well. Okay. So, yeah, it's a weekly check-in with Archeo uh, in the planetarium. Uh, he's reclining on, like, a chaise lounge or, or possibly, like, a pool chair. A lazy Looking man. at the sky, looking at the stars on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And Utena, because she's, like, a, a jock. Is upside down, walking around like a crab. Um, just yeah, kind of stretching. But not walking around, just, just um, stretching. Like she's got her back arched and her legs and hands both on the floor. Mm. And she's like, there's just something going on and I don't know what it is. Why would she seem prettier? Prettier than me? Surely not. And, uh. No, no, she doesn't actually have any insecurities like that. Of course not. She's Utena. Yeah. The only thing that she's insecure about is when she thinks a villain might be her prince. <laughs> Akio is. Right? Akio is just a bit like, well, you know, maybe things are just good for her. Or something like that. Okay, he does divert it to space, though. He does, he does. She seems really different lately. And he says, like a goddess whose name is recorded in the stars, you mean? God, you know, as much as I feel uncomfortable about this dude, you gotta give him credit. He knows his aesthetic and he's really leaning into it, isn't he? He doesn't seem to do any administrative work for the school. I'm just I saying. mean, I don't do any just... work at my job. Why would he do work at his job at his <laughs> weird, surreal high school? He just hangs out in the planetarium. Exactly. Staring at stars, making out with his fiance, possibly making out with his sister. <laughs> uh, beautiful. These are, these are the three things. We've, that's, that's a lie. We've also seen it. We've seen him do four things. Five things. Hmm. Four to five four things. Four to five. Count. Okay. Um, one. Have tea with Utena. Correct. Two, make out with his fiance in the planetarium. Uh, also correct. Yes, we have seen that. Three, have possibly makeouts with Anthe in the planetarium or something else mysterious and sinister. Unconfirmed regarding sinisterness, but keep going. And five, that's, that's four. four. <laughs> yep, so four or five. There's just no way to know. There's just no way to count yeah, that. Numbers, <laughs> numbers are meaningless, aren't they, Liam? Numbers yep. aren't useful in any way. We can't have an ordinal um, system. Go to the upside down sky castle and talk to the comatose prince on his special yes, orb. Yes, which is definitely confirmed. That is what that episode was, and I need to know more. He says, There are special people in the world, people who draw attention. You, for example, Lieutenant. I mean, all I've got for this bit is, yes. That's, that's all. You're not even aware of it, are you? The special nature you were born with, that you're sort of a protagonist. Oh, a protagonist. Now, if there's one thing I know about protagonists, it's that that is the only thing I know the lead character from Tenet to be, because someone calls him the protagonist. I haven't seen Tenet, so I can't contribute to this bit, I'm sorry. Let's just say there's an entire dialogue sequence that keeps reoccurring basically where it's like you're the protagonist it's like well my antagonist is following me trying to kill me and he's like ah the classic antagonist play i'm like (laughs) classic antagonist is always standing in your way trying to obstruct and it's just like okay so what so if uh, okay chris chris can we just slow down a second can we just say i'll look clearly you've taken some sort of script writing class recently and i understand you know the word protagonist But maybe we didn't need to make it that obvious in the text. Maybe just leave that for interpretation, you know? 
Because mm. maybe he's not the main character and that guy over there is. And he's like, no, 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 he's the protagonist. Okay, all right, all right. I didn't know I was talking to Hideo Kojima. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> John Protagonist. Oh, shit. That'd be a good D&D character. John Protagonist. Yeah, ironically, the villain of the next uh, Kojima game is the villain is going to be named John Protagonist and it's going to be like oh. a, um, a commentary on uh, like different perspectives mm. and like how even the villain thinks they're correct. Oh. Everyone's the hero of their own story. Yes. It'll be like... Um, it's going to suck. It'll be like a way out, except halfway through the game, you just switch characters and it'll suck. <laughs> uh, Akio finishes his monologue as we cut to... Um, uh, back to Wakiba's house uh, Most people exist as one of many But given the chance they can shine as they never have before Ooh, And like Sayonji has picked up Used that 500 yen Not for lunch But for a little wood carving kit oh, He's used his liberties well And he's making Oh but cut back to um, Cut back to Utena Still upside down All I've ever wanted was for Wakaba to be happy Yep that, that is what she said. That's, that's, that's nice. That's, I mean, I like I like their friendship. That's, that's fine. So it's okay. Could also wish for her financial success. And then Akio's like, but it's also said that the time a person can be special doesn't last very long. Who says this? Unclear. No one knows, and it doesn't sound particularly historic. It just sounds like some shit you're making up. Yeah, yeah. Anything you make can sound wise and insightful if you attribute it to a a nebulous some people say. Mm. You know, some people say that um, if you wrap your dick in tinfoil, it really really shines brighter. Some people say that JoJo's World is the only podcast you should listen to. Because the others will uh, incept you with uh, negative vibes. Some say that uh, Alan's... Red, what is it, Alan's Raspberry Frogs? Uh, the only lollies worth buying on the universe. I think it's kind of narrow casting there a bit, Nick. Some say that Star Wars has gone downhill. Ah, oh, now you're speaking my language. Yeah. So, so, Some say that the legend of Darth Plagueis the oh, Wise... Hang, hang on, wait, 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 hold, stay right there. Oh. Nick is running away, it sounds like. Oh, here we go, here we motherfucking go. Oh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me just, let me just pull this shit out here. <laughs> Don't worry, this bit's definitely worth it, Liam. This bit's definitely worth it. <clears throat> you know... I'm gonna cut that uh, grotesque throat clearing. Some say it was a scene of simplicity, of children playing and adults sitting quietly under the warm sun or gossiping across neatly trimmed hedgerows. It was... Is this Dune? Some say it was a scene of absolute normalcy on Naboo. But it was nothing oh. like Anakin Skywalker had ever witnessed. Um, so yeah, it was basically Dune. To Anakin. You're about was... to, hang on, hang on. You're about to hit me with the sand monologue, aren't you? On Tatooine, the houses were singular out in the desert, or they were clustered tightly in cities like Mos Eisley, with its hustle and bustle and bright colours and brighter characters. Uh, the hustle and bustle <laughs> of Mos Eisley. <laughs> Some say on Coruscant. There were no streets like this one any longer. There were no hedgerows and trees lining the ground, just permacrete and old buildings and the grey foundations of the skyscrapers. That's beautiful. A requiem for mm. a small town life that doesn't exist anymore. Some say people did not gossip with children running carefree about them in either place. Some say to Anakin, it was a scene of simple beauty. Nick, are you inserting these some says? I am. Okay. But let's just say, some say that I wasn't. 
And my what was that God. from? Uh, that is from the R.A. Salvatore novel Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, based upon the story by George Lucas and oh, the I screenplay had that one as a child. by George Lucas and Jonathan Hales. The um, I, I never read it, but the uh, Revenge of the Sith novelization is meant to be very good. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, that's, I just turned this over. The only blurb on this is a quote, um, and the quote, <laughs> I believe, the quote is from Yoda. And it's just, <laughs> but this book very good is. But, but it just it doesn't it doesn't link to anyone. It just has the quote, so it's just Obi Wan. You must have faith that he will take the right path. And it doesn't say. Oh who, Christ! I thought it doesn't say. I thought it, it was going to be like begun the Clone Wars have um, or something like that. I mean, that would be a better quote to be honest, because that's just like, yep, uh, we already know what's going to happen, so. Ah. Oh, there's just one. There's just just one quote on the back. It just says, uh, "Oh, I murdered them, not just the <laughs> men, but the women and children too." It's just, oh, there's only one quote on the back of uh, this Ayn Rand novel. It says, um, "I'm the best. Fuck you." Oh, oh, that's a. Oh, that's really insightful. There's only one quote on this Ayn Rand on the back of this Ayn Rand novel, Atlas Shrugged, and I can't read it because it's just the entirety <laughs> of the like 45 minute long John Galt broadcast speech uh, and it's too small for me to read to make out. Oh, there's only one quote on the back of this Netflix subscription membership card and it just says oh, we don't need to put any yep. effort in anymore a thing. because people will just go by the algorithm. It really <laughs> I think about that a lot, you know just that whole, yeah Oh, you mean the whole fucked state of our society? No, I was thinking about that one quote uh, that's on the back of my Netflix membership card because in four years' okay. time I'm going to make a tweet about it that's just like, I think about that one. I saw, I saw a Twitter argument recently. Mm. As you do. <laughs> and this is, this, is, this is the depth that our podcast has descended <laughs> to. Um, where someone was like, we should ban all um, like algorithm-driven bullshit because it sucks. Mm. Uh, and then someone was like, you can't do that. We'd lose all targeted advertising. <laughs> and the first person was like, yeah, that would be a good thing. <laughs> Amazing. But I want to only live in my echo chamber, Liam. I only want the media which I know I might enjoy, even if the quality downgrades substantially. Okay, we should get back into this episode. Yeah, okay, let's stop going down that depressing pathway. Sayonji has carved, like, a charming little wooden hairpin for Wakaba that looks like a leaf. Mm, it's, it's... And he puts it, puts it on her her head and looks at her with her, his hands on her shoulders in the mirror. And, like, the lighting... This is basically a still shot, but the lighting work that's going into the art mm. here is, like, really took me out of it for how much, like... How good it is. Glossier. How much glossier and, like, it, it's got a real, like, high-budget look to it that stands out odd to a lot of the scenes in this show because, mm. obviously, like, it doesn't have a slam on the show. It's clearly they were working with a budget. Yeah, but, like, you get that idea, man. You, you whew. Mm. Yeah. This is the only way I can thank you for your devotion. Uh, and Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. And uh, Wakaba just literally breaks down crying, being like, it's so beautiful. Later on, Wakaba is in the meat section at the supermarket. Oh, also, 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 as soon as he made that thing, I was like, how's this How's this going to go wrong? I can, yeah, this, this is going to backfire. We can already I th tell. I thought, I thought he was going to get her to try it on and be like, wouldn't this make a great gift for Anthe? You were pretty close. You were very close. Yeah. I got the sort of broad um, way in how she's manipulated correct, mm. but uh, I thought that Sayonji would do it through his thoughtlessness rather than it being a direct act of manipulation. Yeah, it, the, the thing is, you gave too it's much... It's still kind of thoughtless, but not as yeah, much. Yeah, you so. gave too much credit to his subtlety. 
So, um, yeah, Lakib is giving him the update on how the student council's doing lately. Kiryu's still absent. Nanami's trying best to fill in as president. Uh, Mickey's doing fine. And Jury, oh, she's Jury. And Sayonji's like, great, great. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Interesting. So how's Anthony? How's, how's, uh, how's Anthony How's, how's Anthony? Is Anthony still at the school? She said anything about me lately? She want to come over and just... You know, is, is Anthony still... She's still on the table? And then we cut back to Wakaba in the meat section of the market, of the of the grocery store, appraising a steak and perfectly still, apart from, like, the nervously, like, twitching and pressuring the uh, shrink wrap packaging of her thumb. And she's like, that bitch. If Sayonji, if Sayonji gets back into the school, if he stops living with me, then he'll forget about me and just go back to being obsessed with Anthony. Uh. And then quick cut. Okay, as the checkout, this was this was a cool little just like micro sequence. Mm. You know, filmmaking terminology. A small little micro sequence. Where um, it's that that one shot of the black rose being plucked, uh-huh. uh, which of course indicates that uh, this is the source of their anxiety or or frustration that will drive them to being brainwashed. Sure. Uh, uh, as well, at the same time as the cashier says, two thousand and sixty yen, please." Yep. Mm-hmm. So back at the house. Zionji's uh, lacquering and painting the uh, the hair clip, and then I was just th- I was just thinking. Uh, during this shot, like, wow, Sayonji, use a fucking chair. Stop sitting on the floor. Like, I know it's Japanese, but it's going to be bad for your back. Uh, and then the suddenly Mikage is in the room and he's sitting on a chair. Ooh. Actually, that's a good it's point. It's been a while, Mikage. Why wasn't he sitting on a chair? Anyway. Uh, Why are you here? No, no secret on the campus escapes the notice of the Black Rose Circle of the boys of the Black Rose. All 100 of them, which are, in fact, there's probably less than 100 dead bodies now. But, you know. Yeah. Yep. So to think that the former vice president is just living, squatting in a female student's dorm room. And Sayonji's like, man, fuck you. I'll get back to the school. I'll get back in the student council. Oh, yeah. How are you going to do that? Uh, with, with, with. Yeah, good point. That's, that's fair. How do you plan to free yourself from this purgatory? What if I helped you out a bit? And Sayonji's just like. I could carry it for a while. Carry it for a while. <laughs> Share the load. Isn't uh? Isn't wait? Does he? Does he go? Nah, I don't think so. Or does he go? Yes. I, oh no, he does say yes, doesn't he? Yes. He's like, so talent like yours shouldn't be wasted. Okay. Well, what do you? He's he's he can, he's, he gets it. He's canny. What what would you ask from me in return? Significant shot of the two ram mugs. Uh, There's only one thing of yours that I want to have, and I think we both know. What a trifle, is. really. Uh, and Sionji's like, very well then. Well, we don't even see his response, but what happens we is assume. it's like a significant, it's a significant shot of the Rams and then to Wakaba, A, to indicate, or A, to transition to the thing we're about to see, mm-hmm. which is the um, revealing what the, um, the literal tangible thing he asks for, but the shot of Wakaba indicates that what he truly wants is to brainwash Wakaba into a duelist to uh, fight Utena and kill the Rosebride. Mm. Uh, because Wakaba is walking home as she does, and she passes by Anthe, who is wearing that clip in her hair now. <gasps> and I've got to ask... I gotta ask, how did that happen? Oh, look, it was probably sent via Mikage, right? Or some mysterious means. Maybe Choo Choo showed up and it's just like, oh, look, it's Sionji, and then relayed this small hair clip to her. 
Well, I can only I can only assume that Sionji gave it directly to Makage. Mm-hmm. And then I, yeah, perhaps Makage had it delivered to their dorm or something. Because I, I know that, like, we're questioning whether or not we can trust uh, Anthe right now. Mm. But I don't think it's quite at the level where this villain of the arc who explicitly wants to kill her would say, hey, wear this and uh, our friend will try to kill yeah, you. Yeah, she's not the bad guy. She's just being manipulated into the mind games, right? Possibly. Mm. We just don't really know. Uh, so she sees that and then, like, her heart breaks and she goes to Nemoro Memorial Hall to vent her her sadness. Oh, the classic. He's only ever cared about her. Oh, she's got that special sort of face that's stealing everything away from me. I can never forgive her. I just want to be special, but I never will be. Oh, no. She's just feeling bad. I thought I could be special, but now I'm not special anymore. I had my special secret, but no. <laughs> I guess your only choice is to revolutionise the world. So we get the thing. She's all like, at, well, I say we get the thing. We get her. We get the we, thing. We get her showing up back home. She's in the elevator. She's in the body room. Yeah. Uh, and then she shows up later. But first, Sionji's like putting on his student council uniform and just. Yeah, which has been hanging on a coat hanger this whole time. And he's like, oh, this is going to be great. Old Sionji's going to fly from the yep. nest. Sionji, I'm. I'm. Coyote. Ko- Koyuchi, oh god, hey, I said his name again. Kyo, Kyoichi Sayonji. Yeah. Right, Kyoichi. Kyo. Kyoichi. Kyoichi Sayonji sets course for a new age of glory. Launch. And then Wakaba's in the room, going somewhere. Ah, uh, hello, maiden. Uh, oh, it's you. Which is, of course, the words everyone says when they open the door, then get shot by an unseen assailant. <laughs> and, uh, much to the surprise of no one, Wakaba is just like, it's me. <laughs> I'm sorry for having been such a bother. I'm going back to my old world. Hey, where's that hair clip? Oh, sorry, I can't give it to you, but I'll get you something expensive. I'll send it to you via post so I never have to come here or see you and again. And that was the final fucking straw. Wakaba just lurches right on him. Oh yeah, so first she holds her hand out like, I have something nicer now, Black Rose Ring. And then she like moves forward like a horror movie villain and like everything goes... The same red and black silhouette as when uh, he tried to kill Utena and struck Kiryu. Mm. Uh, lurches forward, jams her hand up against him and bodily pulls the sword out of him. Like the most intense, aggressive thing. one of those we've mm. seen. The animation budget has gone through the fucking roof, yo. Um, I mean, not necessarily in that sequence, I don't well, think. Well, ish. It's gone through the roof, ish. It was very, sty- it was very stylistically directed, yeah. but like it was all silhouettes. I don't know if that's necessarily. Yeah. But still, so good. Super Speno. Mm. And then there's a regular dual challenge card in the locker for Utena. And we get a shadow puppet play. Ah. Which, this one was weird. So this is like, there's, there's a lady. It's like there's a shower going on outside. At last, the rains come. this lady who's dressed up like a fox is like, ah, well, I must go wait for my mate? Okay, okay, let me put you out of your misery. When rain falls on a sunny day, we have to marry fast. For us fox girls, it's our custom. And then there's another person who has an umbrella and a hat on. You guys are lucky. We have to wait for it to snow on a sunny day. Knocks the hat off. For us rabbit girls, it's the law. She's got rabbit ears. Ah. And then Utena is like, what's wrong with being single? And then the shadow puppet girl like collapses crying. It's a massive revelation to her. Just like a, like... It's either you, you uh, don't Wakaba's understand. Wakaba's anxieties about being alone and unspecial. Yeah, yeah. 
absolute destiny apocalypse. Uh, this 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 next sequence fucking rules. We were just um, like so. Ten fuck. Eight, I was I was eating this up with a spoon, baby. Uh, so we get to the top, and Utena is in what can only be described as shock. Just yeah, shock. Standing still, her eyes are vibrating in that anime shocked way. She's not moving. And uh, Anthea's like, Utena, you need to pull the sword out of me and fight and her. And just like, well, well, Utena, look who's special now. That's right. I'm going to beat you in a sword fight and kill the Rose Bride. That's right. And, uh, it's me, Wakaba. I'm coming at you. I'm the Joker now. <laughs> I'm the protagonist and you're the shit show. How the tables so, have turned. Oh, uh, crucially, there's a hundred little leaf brooches on the tables. Mm. And Anthe is just constantly like, Utena, Utena, take, take the sword, you need to get the sword her, from me now. And Utena spends the whole time being like, I can't, I can't fight my best friend. That's just and not And Anthe's fair. like, we need to murder her. We need, well, not murder, but we need to get her. It's time to do Wakaba comes forward with her huge fucking katana that she pulled out of Sayonji. And she lurches. And, and like, before the duel even proper starts, just, like, tries to stab Anthe through, and then the bells ring. And, um... Uh, Utena positions herself between them, and how does this even work? So she, like, like pushes the sword away as... With her arm. With her arm, yeah, like, on the side, you know? And, like, gets her own hair cut in the process. Mm. Which, I mean... You know, frugal. I'll give her that. But, um... Wakaba, you were shining so brightly. What happened? You'll never understand. It was me. Oh, <laughs> it's Sayonji. Oh. And then flashback to... Flashback to the first episode where they saw Sayonji through the window. Uh, <laughs> well, Anthe gets struck it back in the present and in the past too. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so the fight is very... It's not really much of a fight. It's very one-sided. Yeah, Wakaba is doing some work. It's one of those classic, oh, brainwashed friend, I can't fight you. Won't you listen to reason? Mm. So she kind of will. Uh, like, she's still, like, trying to slash at um, Utena, but Utena's like, I can't. I mean, I can't. she grabs her by the fucking hair and puts her sword to her throat. And it's just like you and all those fucking jags in the student council. The fucking student council and uh, you all think you're special just because you're special. And you all look down on me like I'm some fucking half coin. But you know what, punk? Did you say did you say half coin? I, I did, yeah, because a half coin is <laughs> literally worthless. But yet, anyway, they all look down on me like Which a half, half is coin. it? Is it the head the head half or the tail half? No, it's like split in two. You know, like cut through the middle. Yeah, cleft in twain. Exactly. So it's only half a coin. It's worthless now. It's not legal tender. Um, the song is about like an old man who can't wield his sword anymore with his weakened arms or something. Mm, it didn't really make much sense this time either. So well, I, I'm sure it made sense. I just I wasn't paying as much attention to it because the sequence was the really sequence cool. The sequence was so fucking good. Like the whole time, neither of us were talking because we were like, "Fuck." I mean, I was basically talking the whole time, be like, "This fucking rules." Okay. Well, I was like, oh. but I wasn't saying I wasn't saying anything of substance. Yeah. It was so good though. So this was cool. So like they're in, they've like got their hands clasped, uh, their free hands clasped, and their their um their other hands are both holding onto the hilt of the katana as they struggle, and their faces are right next to each other as a result. <gasps> um, and Lieutenant's uh, like, I know you don't understand a lot that's going on, but I'm I'm you know you're my best friend, and I'm going to save you. And then 
before anything even happens, the desks shift into the duel over. Um, She's already lost. Yeah, nothing's even happened yet. Uh, and Utena just like effortlessly rests that sword from Wakaba's hand and strikes the Black Rose off her. So good. I guess she wasn't special enough. Ah, dear. Uh, and then we have a very happy epilogue where... No, 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 no. Uh, sorry, one more thing oh. first. Um, in the in the corpse chamber, uh, Makage, uh, as per his tradition, uh, uh, burns yes. the failed uh, corpse. And as, as he's doing that, he's like, I could get rid of Sayonji for being useless, but uh, I think it's going to be fun to have that fool around here for some love. So we get a very happy epilogue where Sayonji's walking through the school and everyone's like, wow, look, it's Sayonji. Wasn't he expelled? Pretty smug for a guy who was expelled, isn't he? God, he's still pretty hot, though. And he's walking <laughs> and he looks happy and well-adjusted. I guess, yeah. Much better than we've seen him in past, at least. Like, he's not standing outside anyone's window yes. being like, you must listen to me and write in our special book. Together, we will be together forever. And this is going to go on for an awkward amount of time. Now he's just like... And Wakaba, yeah. Wakaba walks home uh, she, she and just... shuts the door behind her. And no one's there. To greet her. Stares at the empty space where he used to be. And she just says, I'm back. Mm-hmm. End of episode. I'm back, baby. <laughs> so that's depressing. Damn. Hits hard, man. Hits hard. Fucking good ass. So good. God damn. That was like a two-ep build-up. Yeah, I kind of wish we had that cliffhanger for the podcast from last time that, that alas, was not meant mm. to be. But... but even so, god damn. God damn. So, Nick, 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 Nick. Yes, what? Highlights and lowlights from this episode. My highlight is probably going to have to be the uh, the moment where Anthony just walks past with the hairpin and then there's, like, multiple... <laughs> that fucking rules. The multiple shots just cutting back and forth where we and Wakaba realise, hold on a fucking second. We all know what's going yeah, on here. And it's just, like, that sound, you know, that old-school anime sound? It's like... Plays? Yeah. Oh. Gets me every time. I love it. My highlight, I think... Um, oh, I want to give an honourable mention to um, what was my highlight last week, uh, but we didn't end up covering that episode, which was the uh, in the uh, Onion Prince episode, mm-hmm. the sequence with the student council discussing their, their romance feelings. Yep. But uh, I've got to give it to um, the... Uh, realization of Utena in the dueling arena that she had to fight Wakaba. Oh, and the fact she's like stammering, just be like, I can't, I can't fight. Yeah, I yeah, this is like, this is unprecedented. Yeah. Me having to fight Wakaba. If if this doesn't spur her to actively <laughs> engage with the plot, nothing will. This is it. This is the last, like, this is the last friend that we have to get Utena to do anything. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't have any other friends. Like, this is it. <laughs> um, low lights. Low lights, tough call. Mm, extremely. Mm. I want to say just Akio still being fucking vague. Fucking Akio. Like, I liked um, I liked Utena just being in like crab pose in their meeting this time. Though. Very <laughs> bit ad- of variety, bit of adventure time vibes. Where it's just like Finn just doing yeah. whatever he wants, just talking to someone, yeah. and they're like trying to be deadly serious. Like, well, it's like the thin veil of space. Uh, what are you doing, Utena? It's like oh, I'm just hanging upside down. It's like, well, fucking Jesus Christ, lady. <laughs> <laughs> My lowlight's not necessarily a particular moment in the episode, uh, but it is something in sort of the plot of of the episode, um, uh-huh. which is that how how easily Wakaba got over like Sayonji publicly humiliating her by posting her love letter. Yeah, yeah. See, this I don't like. I know when you're a teen, emotions are complicated, but have some self respect. You know, that's also something that you don't have as a teen. Like, <laughs> that's true. <what? laughs> Come on, man. Um, okay, so Nick. Yeah? 
all of the student council members, except for the inactive president, uh, Toga Kiryu, mm. have had swords drawn out of them. Uh, Utena has been forced to reckon with her best friend in the dueling arena. Mm. Uh, Shoji Mikage remains at large. Okay. <laughs> what will happen next time on Revolutionary Girl Utena, episode 21? Uh, now this, uh, I sort of, I've seen two different translations of this title. IMDB has it as Troublesome Insects. Which I think I have on my thing. Yep. And uh, Nozomi Entertainment's YouTube channel has it as Vermin. Ooh. I'm just thinking, there's got to be a reason why they went with Vermin instead of Troublesome Insects. I think it's probably just a translation choice. I would say probably the literal translate. This is just wild speculation. Yeah. Probably the literal translation is probably something like... Um, insects that are not pleasant. Yeah, some sort of negative connotation yeah. on insects or small creature. But that's the thing. The, so, the, is, is, it like, is it meant to be like rats or is it meant to be like ants, you know? Because <laughs> if it's like rats, rats are still very big and they're very brutish, whereas insects are like hordes, you know? So it's the thing between, is it one person or is it like a group of people that's what's getting me but let's let's okay. let's assume it's like um makage is finally doing the seminar nick i think i don't think the seminar is a class in the sense we'd think of it i think it might be a sort of like circle of study or well shit okay uh i could be mistaken but that's my interpretation of hmm. it well let's okay let's assume what what if it's what if it's to do with... Who who haven't we had swords pulled out of? Obviously Togekiryu. Yep. No swords have been pulled out of Utena, for obvious reasons. <laughs> I guess that's theoretically possible, but I think most of them are comatose. Also, who would fight if Utena isn't fighting? Like, that's... Yeah, Anthe. <gasps> Anthe. Uh, who would? The new perfect pure boy, Sionji, has to fight. Oh, God. Um... Hmm... Okay, okay, we've just had two Wakaba episodes in a row, so this isn't going to happen, but it would be neat if someone pulled a sword out of Utena and then Wakaba had to step up. That would be fucking dope, wouldn't it? I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. I, okay. So I, I, I have, a, I have a, a, an idea I'm pretty confident in, but I want to hear anything you might well, have first. it's kind of hard because if it's like troublesome insects would mean something like uh, someone who doesn't like people, I think is what it would be, but I can't think of anyone that fits that. Okay, do you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. What's your okay, predict? Okay, what I've got that I'm reasonably confident uh, will, will occur, uh, watch me be entirely wrong okay. now, yep. <laughs> is that it's going to be Nanami, mm -hmm. um, who is, of course, uh, very haughty, looks down on people like, oh, those insects. Yep. Uh, you're nothing but gutter trash, vermin. You're like that cat that I drowned. <laughs> um, Nanami... Um, possibly as a result of joining the Mikage seminar, possibly that's not relevant, uh, but Nanami will be manipulated into pulling the sword from Kiryu, mm. Toga that is, um, not of course Nanami Kiryu herself, mm. but unless, no. Uh, <laughs> the self-comatose <laughs> duelist, the classic. <laughs> um, now as to whether that's some sort of like student council wants back in on the, uh, the duels, let's work together Mikage, or it's just typical emotional manipulation, I'm not certain. Uh, but I think it's going to end up being another Nanami and uh, Utena duel. Hmm. I also hope, but I am, I hope, but I would not be surprised if this doesn't happen, if I hope Utena finally starts being proactive with this storyline. <laughs> what if 
what if? Like, I, I, what I, I want her to have think that whoever is doing this has crossed a line by involving yeah, dear yeah, yeah. sweet Wakaba. Yeah. What if, Liam? What if? Okay. We've had quite an intense few episodes. We have. What That's if? Just science. What if this is uh, a Nanami episode <laughs> about <laughs> nothing happens about uh, some very annoying insects? <laughs> the mosquitoes have I just come out to play. I can't rule it out. I can't rule it out. I mean that that kind of makes sense to me as well because we've had like you know the emotional roller coaster must go down to come back up right yeah so maybe it's so her her um their palatial manor has been <laughs> infested with uh yes, with vermin exactly. and she must protect the protect her dear sweet brother from ha- being having his rest disturbed exactly so she maybe it's like oh no all these flies are about oh no all these rats are about I'll find them and then must employ. Dear sweet Anthe, master of animals, to learn the trade on how best to capture them or how best to kill them or whatever. Wow, Sewer Bookie's ignoring my texts for some reason now that he's uh, (laughs) gotten his own self-esteem. Who will help me deal with these vermin? Hello! And then there you go. Episode right there. Cool. It could be either of those things. All right. This has been JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast where we talk about revolutionary girl Lieutenant. (laughs) Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, you can financially steamroll us uh, over at patreon.com slash jojo's podcast. Nope. Jo- uh, jojo'sworld.com slash jojo's world podcast. Perfect. Yep, sure. Yep. And until, until next, next time, time, to be continued. To be continued.